Welcome into another edition of Locked On Bills, Locked On Bears crossover special edition here. I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, here with Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears. Uh, uh, Kevin and Lauren get to meet up again here for the second time after the preseason um, battle, which is interesting. You don't always see that. You get to play a team twice. So um, the Bears did rest their players in that game. Bills kind of followed suit a little bit, which was weird for a Sean McDermott-based team. We're going to be talking about big picture season to date, what's happened to get the teams to where they are today, maybe a little bit of injury report, uh, top lot level stuff, then we're going to get into more nitty-gritty uh, Bears offense, Bills defense, and vice versa. Lauren, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm coming to you live from sunny Australia, doing the podcast upside down down here, <laughs> but uh, looking forward to getting back into football, although uh, in my time zone, uh, a noon start on Sunday is, I guess a 1 a.m. Eastern start for you on Sunday is, or sorry, a 1 p.m. start for you <laughs> on the East Coast is a 3 a.m. football game for me here, so oh I'm not gosh. looking forward to that. Is that when you have to watch this game at 3 a.m.? Uh, that, that's when it's live. I might wait, wake up and, and watch a replay at some point. Yeah, 3 a.m., huh? So that would be 3 a.m. Monday morning, right? Yes. Wow. I think, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So the night games then kind of are just your early morning, kind of like roaring in your afternoon and stuff. So that's an, interest, that's an interesting thing that any Australian football fans, any if we have any on the show um, for either team, um, they're tuning in so late. I mean, I wonder if they're staying up all night and watching that football. That's, I guess that's kind of fun, except it being a Sunday morning, right? Yeah. Thank God for NFL Game Pass. <laughs> That's very true. Okay, Lauren, tell us, you know, we, we communicated back, I think, last, like around the last day of August or first day of September, somewhere around there, uh, for that fourth preseason game. Not much really happened in that, obviously, as the Bears were notorious for not really doing much um, in their preseason Give us a season to date that's interesting, you know, high-level stuff. You know, how, you know what's funny, though? I do want to bring up on our show, on our crossover show uh, for that, from that late August edition, we actually talked about the Bears trading for a defensive end and maybe Jerry Hughes being a name that um, the Bears could have gotten into. His name was dropped last minute at the trading deadline um, as a potential fit uh, for the Rams. They actually ended up going with uh, uh, the Jacksonville defensive end. So what can you tell us, big picture, How's Khalil Mack been in there? Once again, he's a big fit here. He graduated from the University of Buffalo. A lot of ties. He was said to Sammy Watkins stole his franchise away from him. He was th- he thought that the Bills had traded up to four for him when they traded up for Sammy Watkins. So just break it down for us. I mean, tell us big picture, four and three. Then NFC North isn't as good as they thought. I mean, kind of kind of talk to us a little bit. Yeah. So you know, Jerry Hughes is having a fine season, and I think he would have been a nice fit in Chicago if, if they had made that work. But you're not going to hear any Bears fan uh, <laughs> for Hughes over Khalil Mack, even with the significant trade compensation, the, the massive record-setting contract for a defensive end outside linebacker. And for really the first four games in Chicago, he was a complete and total game-changer. I mean, looked like the defensive player of the year front runner for the first four weeks. He had a, at least one sack and forced fumble in each of those four games. He had uh, pick six. I mean, he was scoring touchdowns. He was forcing turnovers and really just a, a one-man wrecking crew. But then the Bears go into their bye week at three and one, feeling really good, coming off of a, a dominating victory over the Buccaneers with Trubisky throwing for. 350 yards and six touchdowns and you know they probably could have beaten the Packers in week one have been 4-0 and even with some ups and downs along the way feeling really good about where their season was going into that week five early bye week but they come out in Miami 
for this four-game stretch of AFC East opponents. It's back-to-back-to-back-to-back, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Bills. And they start out in Miami, uh, a very hot and humid day, and you see the energy get pretty well sapped from both sides of the ball. They maybe didn't necessarily prepare super well for the heat, and that's not the sole reason they lost, but it was Brock Osweiler that they were playing, and they should have potentially beat him. But I think in what would have been, I think, the second quarter of that game, Khalil Mack goes down with an ankle injury, and he had already been pretty gassed from the heat, but he comes back in and is just not the same pass rusher for that game. He's questionable all week before the Patriots game, comes down to a game-time decision, but goes out and play against New England, really can't contribute much of anything as a pass rusher a shell of himself on the field and the bears lose back to back then last week against the jets they finally decided to sit mac and, and try and let this ankle injury heal and the jets were bad enough that the bears could defeat them without khalil mac and and the defense was starting to get a little bit back on track but it's clear that you know he was a game changing talent for them and i would be surprised at this point if he plays against the buffalo bills I, after beating the Jets, I'm not necessarily concerned that they're going to desperately need him in this game, but if they can try and get him healthy again for more of the true second half of the season here, I think that's ultimately the long-term goal. And they're starting to get back on track from their early hot start, going now sitting four and three after the win over the Jets. They're looking for that one more win against the Bills before they're, they really start this stretch of interdivision games in the NFC North and, and really get things going here. Yeah, it's just definitely. I and mean, I remember talking about that with you, the random stretch of AFC East teams that um, that the Bears had to roll through. I mean, the Bills have had a fairly NFC slat. I mean, they've already played um, the other team. I mean, they have the Bears here, or the, uh, the Lions here coming up in a week or two, but they've played the other two games, had some interesting results in each of those two games. Um, the Bills actually fare well on NFC opponents, and they fare well at home. So two really interesting nuggets that it's I think are pretty good for this segment. And for any Bears listeners out there, you had a Bills team who absolutely dominated the Vikings. Um, It wasn't even close. It was like, hey, this defense is actually legit top three in the league. They're going to win the team uh, some games. Uh, Really made some Vikings fans question the Kirk Cousins decision after he turned the ball over a ton. Uh, Just constant pressure from Hughes and Lorenzo Alexander and Trent Murphy. Uh, Really good defensive front. Um, they went into Green Bay and actually frustrated Aaron Rodgers. The Bills' offense couldn't get a, th- a single thing going as they got shut out, but really uh, limited Aaron Rodgers to one touchdown. Uh, he came out after the game saying the team wasn't very good. Um, so, and that was in Lambeau. So the team, right right down the team was two and three, feeling pretty decent after a pretty tough stretch of teams. Um, and then that's just where the disaster started, Lauren, for the for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I thought that they were probably a seven and nine team coming in. I just think that defense is too good, and it will continue to win them games, especially as they play two games against the Jets, two games against the Dolphins. Um, I think the Bills' defense is, one, is is the best unit out of the the three of those teams. So I think that unit alone can can win them some games, but. You saw it, I don't know, I mean, Monday Night Football here for anyone that did tune in, uh, Bills Patriots. Uh, just, once again, put together a really good defensive game plan. Um, uh, they went pretty far into the game without an offensive touchdown into the fourth quarter. It was 9-6 to six pretty much the whole game. That's kind of game the Bills want to play. Um, once again, another quarterback. I mean, I think it's a stretch of Watson, Brady, uh, Mariota, uh, Cousins, and uh, Rodgers have scored 
two two or three offensive touchdowns cumulative on this defense. Um, so, and they've only allowed, I believe I just read it, it was two touchdowns at home. So there are a lot of interesting Bills defensive stats that I think could make this game more interesting than you might think on paper. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, if I was, you know, a Bears uh, guy watching this, there, there'd be no reason to play Khalil Mack, even if, if you've played him. He's not he's not going to be able to do much more than what the Bills offense already struggles at. So, um, I, I, I'd get the guy right, personally. Uh, it's the other side of the ball that I think is the interesting matchup, really. With the Bears being 4-3, and three, do you feel like there's a legitimate chance that they could come away as the division winners? Well, there's there's certainly a feeling of that in Chicago. I mean, certainly among the 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 very optimistic Bears fans, and it, it's it's to me it's it's almost more about what the Vikings and Packers are going to be able to do because they've had quite a bit of instability. You know, if this might be a division as, as feel, it feels like it's tight. You know, it's going to be close, but. No one's going to run away with, you know, 12 or 13 wins anymore at this point. It's going to be, you know, probably a couple teams in the 11 and 5, 10 and 6 range. And maybe that comes down to some tiebreakers here. So I think the Bears are going to be right in the mix for this division. But a lot of it's going to come down to, you know, the health of Khalil Mack as we move forward. And also Mitchell Trubisky's ability to step up in these critical situations. That we're still seeing games and performances where, you know, he gets the job done. And when you look at the box score stats, it's it's a healthy it's healthy numbers. It's you know two hundred plus yards and a decent completion percentage and a decent touchdown to interception ratio. But when you step on the field and, and watch the tape and you see him missing too many easy throws, mechanics will go out the window at times when defenses get him under pressure and, and get the blitz going at him. And and there's some concern that as the quality of opponent continues to go up, how well he'll be able to really develop it and and step up as the season goes on. So if he can keep taking steps forward, this is a team that can compete to win the division. But I ultimately think the NFC North, I mean, maybe this is a cop-out answer, but it's going to come down to how these teams play in their interdivisional matchups. It's going to be, okay, can the Bears beat the Packers a second time? Can they beat the Vikings once or twice? You know, if they can win the two Vikings games and the Packers games, that'll probably be enough of a, a divisional bump to, to push them into first place. But if they can't win those interdivision games, I think that's ultimately going to be the difference between the final records between these teams that might only be one or two games apart. Okay. I mean, that's before we get into that segment, I want to know segue into the um, Bears offense from Trubisky and the Bills defense, which is, I mean, to me, a great segment too. Um, I think the real great matchup in this game uh, as really, really the Bills defense against a, a lot of different offenses lead to a decent matchup and a decent uh, storyline. So I wanted to get into that discussion here. But I want to take a quick time to mention Swap.com. I mean, isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we pay for new clothes if they're just going to, if our kids are just going to outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts on gently used clothes? Well, Swap.com is the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off retail price on your favorite brands like Lululemon, Carter's, Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality hand-inspected items that are added daily. That's right, daily. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. Special offer for our listeners today is you get 35% off select items with promo code LOCKEDON. That's 35% off with promo code LOCKEDON, swap.com. Plus, find new deals every day on swap.com's homepage. All right, so as we you know dissect into this matchup a little bit and you know get a little bit more nitty-gritty on the Bears' offensive side of the ball, 
Um, we, you know, we just finished up a nice segment talking about uh, Mitch Trubisky. And then obviously in the third segment, we'll get into the Bears defense and uh, Bill's offense, which is uh, fun for different matters. Um, but we'll talk about this side of the ball first. And talk to me about, I know they've had some major injuries on this side of the ball. Um, you know, Allen Robinson's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you're missing some offensive linemen. So could you kind of talk um, to the injuries on the offensive side of the ball? For the most part, this team has been pretty healthy. It's just been in the last couple of weeks that things have started to pick up, and it was a, a very welcome sight for Bears fans. After the John Fox era, they were consistently one of the most injured teams in the NFL, and heading into really almost last week or the week before, they had only one real, or I guess two real contributors on injured reserve, and one of them is designated to come back. So they, they were sitting pretty well, but then Allen Robinson suffers a groin injury against the Dolphins. It was kind of a, a minor thing where you didn't even notice he left the game, and he, he kind of showed up on the injury report the week after, and you're like, oh, that must be something, and then it gives it a go against the Patriots, similar to like a Cleo Mack situation. Gives it a go against the Patriots, isn't really effective, shuts it down there, then sits out against the Jets last week, and he'll probably be another game-time type decision this week, but again... I don't know if the Bears will feel particularly pressured to to rush him out there against the Bills, especially because they've had offensive success without him. And then last week against the Jets, when the Bears were up a, a few touchdowns in the fourth quarter, they were just trying to run the ball out, and there was a pileup in the middle of the field. Kyle Long, the right guard, gets rolled up on by some defensive linemen. On the broadcast, you could hear a pretty loud scream and, and yell uh, of pain, and pretty clearly from him, couldn't put any weight on that right foot coming off the field and carted to the locker room. Now he's expected to be out, I think, six to eight weeks, and their left guard is dealing with a stinger in his neck, so he missed last week. So they've got James Daniels, the rookie out of Iowa, who played center in college, but has been filling in at left guard. And now if their normal starting left guard can be healthy, then one of them will probably bump over to right guard. But if not, they, they signed a former Chiefs offensive lineman, Brian Witzman, who can fill in there. And that instantly, I think, becomes the weak link on this offense is that right guard position. And, you know, the right tackle, Bobby Massey, isn't particularly strong either. So that's that's a real concern on that right side of the offensive line, especially when you have a young quarterback struggling at times with that pressure, with that blitz, like I talked about. Okay. I mean, that meets for an interesting matchup too, if if that is the case and that right side of the line uh, is ends up looking that way because – I mean, you have a pressure-oriented Bills team that relies on their defense just in every facet. You saw it against Minnesota. I uh, even saw it against New England this last Monday night. Um, that can keep them in any game against any offense. So it, it does make it interesting. Um, I would be pretty hard pressed to not see Jerry Hughes get in the backfield a bunch this game. Um, he's been a you know he's been a wreck. Uh, he's been very good. You know, Lorenzo Alexander is just still a revelation uh, for his age. You know, a guy that's been getting five to eight sacks per season, 35-year-old, really great strong side linebacker. It's unfortunate we're probably not going to see Tremaine Edmonds coming off of a stinger um, that he, you know, was trying to tackle fullback last week, faced a stinger there, and he will be most likely out with an okay backup in Julian Stanford. Um, but one, you know, one thing that makes this game interesting is they have a young budding star in Matt Milano, a weak side linebacker for this team that's been excellent. He covered Gronk the entire game with, um, I mean, he's had as much success as anyone um, in this defense. So watch out for Matt Milano. He's been a really good football player, uh, especially in this defense and a couple of really good cornerbacks and Trey White obviously can 
lock lock up with the best of them as he has this season, um, as well as you know you'll have Taron Johnson, a really I think he's like second or third ranked rookie cornerback, the Bills nickel cornerback. Uh, he's been he's been really good, and I'm interested to see him on some of the Bears weapons. Um, getting into the, the you know what what do you generally see from the Bears um, that you know where are they winning? Like kind of what what are they doing right? Is it Terry Cohen? Is it Jordan Howard running the ball, you know, kind of talk to us about where the, you know, bears most effective offensively, you know, especially when you look at it and you say, well, I'm missing Kyle long, you know, the right side might be a little bit banged up. Um, and then, you know, obviously Allen Robinson's in and out of the lineup right now. And Kevin white, a guy I really liked, I, I saw him make that, uh, uh, almost touchdown against new England. Trust me, everyone in Buffalo was uh, rooting for him to, to get another couple yards there. Um, it, why isn't he being utilized more now with Allen Robinson being out? So we saw Kevin White get more playing time last week, but he's still a guy uh, extremely raw as a wide receiver because he's missed so much time with injury. He's also missed a lot of practices over that span, so he hasn't had much time to develop on the field. And his biggest issue comes in route running, and he, he struggles to separate from defensive backs. When they give him space and off coverage, he can find an open space in between you know, zones and stuff. He can certainly go up and, and catch a jump ball Hail Mary like that, but if they get physical with him at the line of scrimmage and, and try and you know, just cover him closely and really pay attention to him, he, he struggles to create much separation. So you know, he's still fourth, fifth wide receiver in, in this offense. But you know, they, they do most of their damage right now. At least sort of the structure of the offense runs through Tariq Cohen in the passing game. They are very good at isolating him on the matchup that they want. Typically, you know, a linebacker, the one that they maybe identify as the weak link in coverage. I would have thought Tremaine Edmonds might have been the guy they'd go after in this game if sure. he was out there, but I think his backup will probably be the target there. They, they motion him around a lot. He'll line up at wide receiver, he'll line up at tight end, he'll line up at running back, pretty much everywhere but offensive line. You'll see Tariq Cohen and you'll see uh, Mitchell Trubisky look his way quite a bit. And, and last week against the Patriots, or against the Jets, excuse me, was really the first game that we saw the most balanced Bears passing attack. That in, in each of their matchups this year, Trubisky is kind of isolated a receiver to, to really focus in on where, you know, it'll still go through Tariq Cohen, but then week one, Allen Robinson had a ton of targets and a ton of catches. And then after a couple of weeks, there were a couple of games in a row of all Taylor Gabriel, a lot of downfield shots for him, and he had a couple hundred-yard games. And then uh, two weeks ago against the Patriots, they got Trey Burton, the tight end, going for a career-high, you know, 100-plus yards and seven or eight catches. So like, all these games that, that Trubisky would kind of isolate one receiver, you know, whether intentional or by design, to really keep the offense flowing. And, you know, mixed in with that is a bunch of Tariq Cohen anyway. So, you know, last week Tariq Cohen had one catch for 70 yards, and it was a touchdown, and it was really – the only play he made in the passing game, it was a little bit of a different look for the offense then, but I'm still expecting them trying to get that matchup, trying to get Tariq Cohen isolated on those linebackers and then some deep shots on the outside to Taylor Gabriel. Anthony Miller, the rookie, can do a lot of different things from the slot and outside, and he's just a, a good route runner who can, again, do a little bit of everything for your offense. So even if Kevin White or if uh, Allen Robinson is, is totally unable to go. They feel pretty confident in a lot of different weapons, a lot of different ways to get involved. And then if they do, you know, if the Bills defense is able to take away a lot of your passing weapons, Trubisky will scramble like, like the Patriots okay. saw. Before, before that game, you know, Showtime uh, inside the NFL, they, they, they had video of Bill Belichick coaching his defense and giving a pregame speech. And he said, you know, 
We're going to take away the short running game. Trubisky, he's not going to beat us with his arm. We'll let him beat us with his legs. He'll scramble, but he's not going to beat us with his arm. That was the Patriots game plan. They executed it pretty well and, and, and obviously won the game. So I would look for the Bills to try and do something similar. Now, do want to get into the third segment here, which is obviously flip sides of the ball for both teams. Is there anything pressing or anything that, I mean, um, maybe a Bears, the Bears fans would be interested in hearing uh, regarding the Bills defense, which is by far, I mean, I don't even need to say this, the more interesting and better unit. I mean, is there anything that, you know, looking at a two and six team, you're like, well, whatever. Uh, is there anything that's like, well, I don't really like that matchup. I want to make sure we actually take this game. So is there anything that's kind of worrisome or any, any questions you have um, regarding the Bills defense? So when we talked in the preseason, I, you know, we talked about how underrated this Bill secondary is, you know, with Tredavious White being a really, if not for Marshawn Lattimore, probably would have been the defensive rookie of the year last year and gets a little overshadowed by that. And then two extremely underrated safeties with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. And you already mentioned uh, the slot cornerback, Teron Johnson. I mean, is, is the weakness then the other cornerback? Is it, is it, would it be Ryan Lewis in this game? Or, I mean, what's kind of the, What's kind of the scouting report on this secondary? Because I know is that I mean is that still kind of the the driving force and the the leading the leadership of this Bills defense? Yeah, it's interesting because it definitely was last year and it catapulted them into the playoffs as you know the wild card team due to I mean really due to the strength of the defensive backs. This year the defensive backs have been good. Um, Trey White's been tasked with really guarding the best player on the field at all times. Last week he shut out Josh Gordon. Um, you know New England has a, a plethora of options, so that didn't really matter, but. He, is ta- he does have that task, and he has stepped up his game to really saying, hey, come at me. I'm going to guard your best guy, and he has had some good success there. Yeah, I mean, the Bills' only weakness really on this entire defense is cornerback, too. Um, they tried Ryan Lewis, who actually showed really well for the one week he first started, and the Bills were like, you know what? We're starting this guy every single week. Uh, the following week, he came out and just had a stinker of a game uh, and then got ended up getting inactiv- inactivated from that, played so poor. Um, that the team was like, well, never mind. We can't uh, trust this guy even with the rest of the secondary being pretty solid. They found a little groove when they're going to roll in Philip Gaines. They just love his run defense. So Philip Gaines is a guy, I think, one of the best um, run defensive uh, cornerbacks that there is. And they'll take the coverage lapses with him, especially with the secondary being uh, the strength of the team. So they're like, you know, we'd rather have a guy, a cornerback too, that, you know, is going to stick his nose in and, and actually be really well. Uh, actually, PFF ranks him as a 91 out of 100 run defender. Um, so they're like, you know what, we're just going to roll with Philip Gaines. He's fine. He's had, he has had experience. He's not perfect. We're going to, you know, probably spend assets on the bills have a hundred million dollars. They're going to spend assets on cornerback two next year, but by far he's their weakest link on this team. And really the bills front seven has been awesome. I mean, they've had great play from pretty much every position group. I mean, Tremaine uh, Edmonds has been a little bit of a weak point here in Buffalo. I mean, it's, it's an argument here. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, he's, you know, 20, he has all this potential and he took him 16th overall and he's showing awesome flashes. Um, but he is a guy that has allowed up 479 yards in coverage. Um, there's only so much you can say about that, um, to defend him, but he's struggled. I mean, he struggled in my opinion. Um, there'll be Bill's analysts and Bill's friends who, you know, would strongly, dis- I guess, strongly disagree with me just out of pure potential. But to this time he struggled and that's to me, he's not playing. So today, this second, this minute, you're not getting a huge step back to, you know, their backup Julian Stanford, who actually scores out a little bit better in some categories, obviously nowhere near the potential and ability of, of a Tremaine Edmonds. So that's the Bill's 
two weak links in my opinion. Then you have a guy like Matt Milano, who I think is one of the top rated linebackers and Jerry Hughes too. So you have a really interesting front seven. If the bills win this game, it's going to be there. They're playing good secondary coverage and then their front seven's getting after it. Like you mentioned with Trubisky. So I think, I mean, that's really the only key to the bills game. If, if, if that's in check, I would imagine uh, the bills would have a lot of other cards that they're relying on at that point. But do want to flip sides of the ball. We really appreciate all of our new listeners here at Lockdown, your number one local sports daily podcast network. Check out our other editions. We have some great shows out there, Lockdown Draft, for you guys looking forward to the draft. Uh, we have you know, Lockdown NFL with Matt Williamson, does you know excellent job over there. And then check out our other divisional rivals, you know, Lockdown Packers, Lockdown Patriots, et cetera. So get out there and check out all those different shows. All right, wanted to come back with a quick segment with you, Lauren. Uh, talk about your defense. I mean, Khalil Mack, obviously, we got into in the first segment a little bit, um, and he may or may not even be playing in this one. But talking to me about the rest of it, I know we talked about this previously on our show um, in the preseason. A guy I've really liked and he's really picked up is, is Eddie Jackson. So, you know, reversely, talk to me about the Bear secondary. What, what have we seen from Prince of Mugamara and, um, you know, Kyle Fuller and, and a couple of the other guys there and um, – anything that in your opinion how have you seen seen that work in the first seven weeks yeah so eddie jackson in particular had what i thought was a really strong start to the season it was a, a couple of big plays that he missed against the, the patriots but then a, as you saw this bears pass rush uh to really start to take over games it allowed this secondary to get more aggressive in coverage play a little bit tighter with the understanding that you know if, if this receiver wants to run a double move on me well, go ahead because we don't think your quarterback is going to have enough time for that play to fully develop. So they could jump some underneath routes. They could just play a little bit more aggressive and Eddie Jackson could be more confident, you know, flying over uh, all around the field and, and not, you know, worrying about giving up the space that he just vacated. But I think it took some adjusting to try and dial that back once the pass rush started to fall off, particularly against the Dolphins. You know, you saw the Bears defense as a whole missed 19 tackles in Miami and they had missed 15 through the first four games combined. So, I mean, it was really uh, 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 a little bit of a blip on the radar and a little bit of an anomaly, but some of the missed tackle issues have lingered more so in the last couple weeks than they had in the first four weeks and they haven't really had a good uh, rhyme or reason to it. So that that's been the main concern when it comes to the secondary just lately. And it's mostly in the passing game not as much in the ground game. But overall, you know, you're seeing Kyle Fuller make a few more turnovers than we had seen in the last couple of years, being in just, you know, knowing how to be in the right place in the right time. Now, uh, Prince of Mukamara has been injured on and off and been replaced by an undrafted rookie free agent, Kevin Tolliver out of LSU. Both of them are, are similar physical cornerbacks. So Tolliver, obviously very inexperienced and a little bit more vulnerable in that sense, but we should see, Prince of Mukamara and Fuller together this week. The real star has been Bryce Callahan in the slot. He's in a contract year, a little bit of an undersized cornerback, and he's always played well, but he's had str trouble staying healthy. I think this is year four, and I think the most games he's played in the season is 12. So I think oh, the wow. Bears are still crossing their fingers that he can play out the rest of the year, and if he does, he'll be in line for a big payday. He had three pass breakups last week against the Jets, and I think targeted three times and allowed one catch, just really locking down that slot completely. And then, you know, I think there's some vulnerability with the linebackers in coverage, even though, you know, you have Roquan Smith, who's known for that athletic ability, and Danny Trevathan's no slouch himself, but just, you know, mistakes here and there that, you know, they're never going to be perfect like that. And, you know, when teams like the Patriots can isolate those kind of matchups, they're, they're pretty darn good at it. So there's, there's some vulnerability here, but, but this Bears defense under Vic Fangio has, 
has always been reliant on outside linebacker pass rush, which absolutely has not been there since Khalil Mack got hurt. And, and they've also been a uh, very bend, but don't break defense that allows a lot of yards uh, in between the twenties, but really holds up well once you get into the red zone. So I, I think what'll be key for this bears defense is that pass rush, how much they can get after the quarterback can potentially affect what Nathan Peterman's going to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the Bills, obviously, you know, getting to the other side of the ball, ranked 32nd in, in most categories. They can run the ball okay still at times, um, depending on what's going on with LaShawn or Chris Ivory's been okay as a um, backup running back there. So, I mean, this side of the ball should be pretty easy for the Bears to handle. If there's an issue, um, that won't be good for the Bears um, because it's a pretty poor unit for the Bills. It's historically bad. Um, the one thing that I can say is that it can't be worse. So no, even though Nathan Peterman's an absolute joke around here, um, it's it, he was, let's say, I mean, to me and to most Bills fans, Josh Allen took a pretty dirty shot from Whitney Merciless. Uh, he had already gotten rid of the ball, and the, Whitney was the second guy in and just kind of headbutted his elbow. Uh, clearly to send a shot to him. Um, it was cheap, wasn't called, uh, kind of derailed the Bills season. We, the Bills weren't expecting, once again, to be anything more than 6-10, and 7-9. and nine. Anyways, we lost a couple wins because, I mean, Derek Anderson's terrible. Behind him, you have you know, Matt Barkley, who may, may or may not be better um, than Nathan Peterman if he had more time in the playbook. So the second Josh Allen's ready, Derek Anderson's out of concussion protocol, I would not be shocked to see Nathan Peterman cut um, he's that bad. And I think this is it. I mean, the bears can knock this guy potentially out of a team. Um, I don't want to say out of the league. I'm sure someone else will give him a shot somewhere. The guy's young and smart and will impress people in interviews. That's how he is where he is today, but they have a chance to get this guy cut. Um, so that, that's an interesting position to be in. He's, he has nothing to lose, right? So team's been historically bad offensively. The bears have every makings. I don't see anything that's, that strikes me as saying the bills are going to have a matchup to exploit here. I mean, it, they, they just have to make mistakes. And if they do or take it lightly or think or look ahead, um, that could lead to an interesting game. But, hey, I mean, I have the Bills losing this one by 14. Um, I have it as a 28-14 game. Um, might be early at some – or might be pretty decent at some points. The Bills have been really good about allowing, allowing points. So, I mean, that's that's kind of where I have it. Is there any questions, you know, about the Bills offense or anything that you see on your paper, just kind of from an unbiased view or any comments that you would have? Yeah, I just what do you think? And I don't need like a number percentage, but what do you think the chances are that we see Matt Barkley? How how short is the leash on Nathan Peterman at this point? And, you know, like would they is Barkley kind of here as an emergency at this point because he doesn't know the offense or is there is there a real chance that a certain halftime deficit would, would draw the quarterback change. I did read somewhere that they've allowed a cumulative 20 interceptions and in they're like seven career starts between the two of them. Um, so that's kind of funny. If Derek Anderson was healthy, he's obviously playing this game. Um, he's been okay. I, I don't think there's really any chance you see Barkley. I think Peterman would have to get hurt. They're going to give this game to him. And if he's really bad, I'm, I'm not kidding. I think that um, post game, he could get, uh, get cut here on Monday morning. Um, from this position or if he plays uh, I mean geez if he plays good he's got a chance to earn himself at least a backup quarterback role because this is pretty much his last he's been he's had seven seven chance I mean he's got nine lives like a cat man no on no other team should this guy even be rostered um, from what he's done today including the Bills defense winning them against a really good Houston team and then him coming in and really doing one thing to lose the game and was throw a pick six and he did it um, so 
he has an opportunity here to at least show he's a backup quarterback in this league. He has been in this offense a while. He did play really good in preseason, which is just so baffling that a guy understood it and looked good and then just has been so poor when it matters. So it's just like kind of the tale of two, two halves for him or two, two different meaningless games. Now you got the Bears. You got a pretty good defense to me. Uh, I mean, you guys can knock this guy out of the league, and I, for lack of a better, better, better word, but I don't, I don't think you see Matt Barkley in this at all. But I do think you can see Matt Barkley get this guy caught um, here, you know, potentially after this game. So if if the if the Bills, I mean, just hypothetically here, if the Bills are going to somehow pull off the upset here, it, it would be safe to say they would probably need defensive and or special teams touchdowns or is there is there any way this offense can get going i mean is, is the running game good enough to potentially put points on the board if if things really went well or what would have to happen here you know what, what's funny is josh allen and the offense was you know it's funny because most people thought he was needed a lot of time the team is a lot better with josh allen on the field so take that for what it's worth um a guy you know i just railed on the other side of the ball and tremaine edmonds um, but on the on the offensive side of the ball i mean josh allen this team he seems better it's in they were in every game he played um, the only game that they weren't in is Nathan Peterman's disaster against Baltimore week one. Uh, they beat Minnesota. Uh, they beat Tennessee and should have beaten Houston with them. Guy can make a lot of plays with his legs, a lot, a lot really sneaky athletic. Nathan Peterman, I mean, he the way that the team win this game is you see a preseason Nathan Peterman. A guy that's moving the ball, getting the ball to his playmakers. A. Jones has been better. Kelvin Benjamin's been better. LaShawn McCoy's healthy. Chris Ivory's been a good backup running back. Charles Clay's always been a competent tight end. Their offensive line's average. Um, they've played average. They actually protected the team very well. The quarterback sacks are on the quarterbacks, uh, according to a lot of advanced analytics sites. So it'd be Nathan Peterman. I mean, the offensive, they're going to run what they're going to run. But if, if, if Chicago can put eight or nine guys in the box, which they almost can at times, I, I don't care who you're running. I mean, I don't care if you have Todd Gurley or what you have going on back there. It's just not going to work out. It's on Nathan Peterman. So that's what makes this game really fun. Uh, if you're a Bears fan that like, we're going to win this game pretty, 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 pretty much for sure. However, if this guy actually looks decent, um, that's the only way that the Bills can uh, can pull this off. And he he's been known to get the ball out quick. He has some of those attributes. Uh, he is athletic. Um, it, once again, he was pretty good in the preseason. So that's the only hope in, you know, over here in Buffalo is that Nathan Peterman comes out almost laughably good, um, and the Bills defense does enough that they win. Uh, a 20 to 17 game. I mean, that's pretty much the, the only recipe um, for a Bills win, but they're sneaky good at home um, and their, and their defense is sneaky decent too. So, I mean, it, it'd be pretty much on the other side of the ball. Like you said, I'd be pretty comfortable as a bear fan in this one. Um, you know, you're, you're coming to a guy here in Buffalo who's I'm fairly optimistic about this team. Usually on uh, the defense, once again, I'm telling you is better than you'll think when you see them uh, this week, but the offense is just not going to move the ball and you're going to up all your stats defensively. So get after it, increase your run in and pass the um, overall yardage and take it away and good luck in the division because I'd, I'd be interested to see a new team in this, uh, you know, come out of there. I'm, I, I really hope you guys can, can take this one away. Well, you know, if, if Bill's fans can draw some hope from Brock Osweiler, you know, by all means go for it. But I, I, I don't envy you. Uh, <laughs> the Bears yeah. felt similar with Mike Glennon at quarterback last year. So I, I know what you're going through. And I'm glad Bill's fans have you on Locked On Bills to at least get them through the hard times. <laughs> Thank you, man. They do have us. And there, there's, there is a rhyme or reason to kind of wrap this up. The Bills do have $100 million, 10 draft picks anticipate them having more money and more draft picks by this by the time this thing's over with and they do have a really young nucleus and once again 
if Josh Allen was in this game, this discussion might be a little bit different because he is been that much better than Peterman Anderson or even you know Matt Barkley, who we haven't seen. So I think that Josh Allen, that would have been something for this team to watch and the league to watch would be a really aggressive and interesting Josh Allen. Hopefully we see him after the Bills bye week and for the Bears benefit, uh, you by far get to see a really poor version of this Bills, especially often. And so you get that historically bad offense and Man, the the Bears have. I mean, it's a road game, but the Bears have to take this game away um, in order to keep their playoff chase going. So, good luck to the Bears. And from always from the Locked On Network, you can tune into your local daily podcast. I'm Kevin Masseri from Locked On Bills, and that's Lauren Cox from Locked On Bears.